The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. All right, it's a win. We didn't go 0-2 at this in this doggone tournament, thank goodness. It's a win for VCU 71-67. Here to get third place at the Legends Classic. Welcome to Rams Rewind. Thank you for listening to uh, listening to us here out in podcast land or live here in the VCU. Good and the bad and the ugly group. And my goodness, that was a roller coaster. That was a really tough game. And I got to tell you, when 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 doggone Pittsburgh counterpunched us and got up about I think it was about six. Or excuse me, got up about four with about two and a half minutes left. I kind of thought VCU was cooked here, but let's give some let's 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 give a lot of credit to some folks. Zeb Jackson and Brandon Johns Jr., the two Michigan transfers, coming up big with a bunch of points late. You know, Johns being aggressive going to the basket and getting to the basket and finishing through contact and also making free throws. Jackson making free throws. Put them, put the two of them together tonight, and this is what you've got. 34 points, but here's the key. 16 of 19 from the foul line. And think of this, folks. VCU was 3 for 8 starting out in the game and the foul line, and they finished the game making 23 of their last 27. Yes, Bruce Stevenson. They got white hot from the foul line in the second half. And – 23 out of your last 27 foul shots, that's how you win when you only shoot 41% from the field. That is how you win when that happens. That's also how you win when the other when the other team shoots over 50% in the second half. So, I mean, defensively, not really the best from, from VCU, although, again, you could argue a couple of those baskets late where VCU let them have it, which was smart. That's the other thing. When they finally got in front, they absolutely managed the game well. You know, Deloach does foul out, but as Daniel Carter said in the game thread, I didn't think that was a foul. But after that, they got inside Pittsburgh. VCU had the cushion. Let them have it. Don't give away a three-point play opportunity. Um, Yeah, Ryan Thompson, this is Zeb Jackson's come-out game, and, and he had some struggles early, but in that second half, Especially late, you know, he really came up with the goods. And when again, when when you got somebody that's handling the ball a lot, you need him to make free throws. Zeb Jackson, seven of eight from the foul line, all in the second half. Tremendous. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Brandon Johns Jr. probably ends up the player of the game player of the game because honestly, he's the one that got this team's nose in front, could score. I think he scored about seven points in a minute. He's only four of eleven from the field. 
9 of 11 from the foul line. And he has nine boards, so he just misses the double-double. And this team finds a way to win. You know, they only had 10 dadgum assists in the game, 15 turnovers, which is not great, which is not great at all. Uh, but, you know, Pittsburgh was getting by on mostly individual stuff. They only had eight assists on 24 made field goals. So, you know, their, their individual players like Cummings and Henson really got going in the second half after VCU kind of clamped them in the first. Because that's, that's one of the reasons VCU had a big lead. Cummings and Henson and Burton, all three of them ended up in double figures. They only had six points total in the first half. It was uh, it was Jorge Graham, Diaz Graham that kept him in it in the first half. Well, he gets nothing in the second half. While Cummings, Henson, and, and Burton all get double figures, but VCU survives because at least in the crunch moments, there was a little more cohesion on offense. There was a little, there was better attack on the rim. There weren't taking these bad shots that they took for most of the game. And believe me, if they'd have lost. We would be talking about that. We would be talking about some of the terrible decision-making by guys like Jaden Nunn, who have got to play better than this. Jaden Nunn tonight. You know, he did make some free throws towards the end, although he missed one. But Jaden Nunn throwing up some of the shots he was throwing up. He was one for six from the field. He made a bunch of bad decisions with the ball tonight. And he can't do it if this team's going to be successful. Um so he did. He was six and nine from the foul line, which you need that to be a little better, as he's the guard. But he's got to do better than that. He only had one assist tonight. Jackson ends up the leader in assists with three. Uh, so that's you know that was that was uh, that's all right from him. Jameer Watkins had a tough night. Eight points, three and nine shooting, five turnovers. Not great from him either. But the two Michigan guys really did do the business, for, as, as Frank Height rightly says here. Oh, and yes, Bruce Stevenson, the awful droughts. And it was funny because I was listening to the – I was finishing up work and listening to the pregame show, and there comes Mike Rhodes coming on talking about, well, we get in these droughts and we just fight ourselves. We just fight ourselves. And I'm sitting there going, if it happens that many times, then what are we working on in practice? What are we doing – that it happens that many times that we're just totally and utterly fighting ourselves and we get into these stretches. We've got enough offensive talent. We do. There's no reason for us to be struggling like this, even with ace ball when not on the floor. And part of it's what you say, John O'Neill, not finishing at the rim, but at the end of the game they did. At the end of the game they got to the basket, they finished at the rim, you know, Brandon Johns gets that ball on the baseline, and that was a great take. I mean, strong move through two guys, got to the other side of the rim, laid that in beautiful, fantastic, and he got the foul as well. That was terrific. That was terrific. Let's also let's also get a call out to Josh Banks, who 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 along with Deloach, when they had when Pittsburgh had the first big run, fourteen nothing run, and it really looked like VC was going sideways. Um, you know, it was Banks and Deloach that, that put together a run to get this team back in it and kind of reset them. So I want to throw a little, I, I want to throw some flowers in their direction. <laughs> John Eckert says he switched from beer to Jameson and that's what turned the game. Good, good job. Good God. Good job, John Eckert. Uh, drink responsibly, responsibly anybody out there and only if you're over 21, but if that's what changes the luck, that changes it. But 
I want to I want to do that, say that about the Loach and Banks, and you know what a it's been a tough two days, and it hasn't been the best in terms of how the game has been played. Games have been played, but Josh Banks for me has had a two really good days here in New York. You know, he, he I don't think he played at all, or he barely played in the first couple games or in the first game, I think, of the season. And I think people were wondering about that. Man, he's taken his opportunity. Nine points tonight, three of five from the field. You know, makes a three, makes two out of three from the foul line, gets an assist. I really love Josh, Josh Banks' game in 21 minutes tonight. Absolutely love that from him. And, and yes, Bruce Stevenson, he, he does need more playing time. And, and that's the whole point is it's going to be tough. Like, you know, we were frustrated that we didn't see Toby or Christian Vermeen last night. They got in there for a little bit. Nick Kern got in there for a little bit. So there's just going to be nights when people that we want to see get minutes doesn't get them. But on this team, you need to take this this You need to take your opportunities when you get them, and that's what Josh Banks did. He's made the good case for himself uh, to get more playing time. Uh, no, you know, Jeffrey Ackerman, it's funny you mentioned that about Shriver. The thing that surprised me when I talked to his high school coach is that, uh, the, the, that he wasn't just some three-point sniper and that was it, that he was a guy who could rebound the basketball and would do all right defensively, and, I, and, and his coach was right, and David Shriver's done that. And you look at Driver's box score, you think, oh, that's nothing special, only 16 minutes, but he makes two out of three from three and gets an assist. You know, and that's and those little things can make the difference. And he had a big shot uh, late in the first half to kind of help them get that margin. So, uh, you know, I was pretty happy. I was I liked what Shriver did as well. I absolutely liked what Shriver did as well, uh, Jeffrey Ackerman. That's a very good point. So, look, you know, last night was was horrible. Let's let's not sugarcoat it. And it doesn't make up for last night winning this game. But they really could have put themselves in a terrible hole. They prevented doing that. They beat we beat one of our old coaches, Jeff Capel, who again I don't have any particular I don't have any particular issue with him. Uh, he did a good job and left for a much bigger job than what than what we were at the time. Uh, got us into the tournament. Got got Eric Maynard to, to VCU. So I, I don't have anything against Jeff Capel at all, really. Uh, but it is nice to beat one of our old coaches. Uh, look. With David Shriver's shot selection, I mean, he is he is he's got that ability to just catch and shoot and go bam, and he's a volume three point shooter. But I don't mind seeing the kind of shot selection out of him tonight. I I didn't look at his shot, and there's a few other ones. Banks took a three that I thought was a good three, it just didn't go in. And it's like I can live with it if it's not just a just a pull after ten seconds in the shot clock. And you're just throwing it up because it's the first good shot you see. So, John, you're you're right in one sense, but it's but it was I was I was okay with what Shriver did out there today, and I'm glad that he's just not one of these guys that's just going to crank it every time he he sees a little bit of daylight, because I'm not sure that's good for this offense in the long run. And unfortunately, Watkins and Nunn were kind of guilty of that a few times today, and it hurt. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. And Johns took a couple of threes that were good shots, and he just didn't go in as well. And look, you know, it's not fabulous five of eighteen, uh, but it but it's competitive. Here's the thing: this was a team that could only shoot well when they were selective, and oftentimes got blown out 
at the three-point line by the other team. Well, they make as many as what uh, UMass made tonight. UMass was 5 of 22. And UMass had to warm up a little bit to get the threes. They made four in the second half. And that's okay. It's the same thing with the rebounding. It was funny to hear in the pregame they were saying, oh, you know, VCU didn't do so well in the rebounding. They were minded, they, they were out-rebounded by two last night. That's okay. You know, they were out-rebounded by four tonight. They lost the they lost the offensive rebound by four, and Pitt kind of got them on second chance points. So that's not fantastic. And again, a lot of and that was all in the second half. VCU actually was out rebounded Pitt in the first half. But I'm not asking for VCU to be a dominant team on the backboard. Just be competitive. Because if they're competitive and they're not giving away ten or fifteen more shots to the other team, I'm relying on their defense to win them the game. And let's be honest, even with Pittsburgh shooting over 50% in the second half, they only shoot 42% for the game. So even though Pittsburgh got eight more shots than VCU, VCU wins. And let's remember, many of the much of the reason Pittsburgh got eight more shots is that VCU went to the foul line 14 more times. So that's at least seven times, six or seven times that VCU might have got a shot up and it didn't go in, but it didn't count. And 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 Bill Baldacci, that is a fair point. I mean, I was pretty upset last night, and that's and 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 you could you could argue that I went a little overboard, but it's just it, it's happened so many times that I had a hard time dealing with it. But you are right about one thing: seven new faces, and if you count Watkins, who sat last year, eight, and it is going to take a while for it to gel, and it is going to take a while to figure out the chemistry and figure out which lineups are the best. I think my biggest issue with Mike Rhodes again, you know, that when they had that sequence, or, or you know, early in the half when Pittsburgh went on another one of their runs, and it was just bad shot and terrible offensive possession after terrible offensive possession, I'd have been ready for the line change, and I was pretty frustrated. And to, and to give Rhodes a little credit, he puts Deloach back in, and that's when Deloach and Banks kind of went on a run together to 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 stop Pittsburgh's momentum and get this thing get tied back up. So we'll, we'll give Rhodes a little bit of credit there, but seriously, some of these players, when they when they keep making the same mistakes, not for the whole game and maybe not even for a whole segment of basketball, but it's like come over here, sit by me for two minutes, and let's understand what you're doing. Let me tell you what you're doing around. Let's understand how we can get you not to do it again. That – that's the thing is like sometimes Jaden Nunn needed to sit. He needed to sit during that half. He played 36 minutes tonight. He shouldn't have played 36. He had a couple of really terrible stretches in this game, and he needed to sit down just for a minute or two, two and a half at the most, and he needed to reset and kind of unplug and plug back in. That's something I talk about a lot on here. And he also needed to be told, look, you – have to be a facilitator as much as a scorer. We know you're a better scorer than a facilitator. But when you're out there, even with Zeb, you're both kind of the co-point guards here. You just can't be dribbling it and then kind of do a weird spin move and then throw up this off-balance shot. That isn't going to do anybody anything, even if it goes in. You know, that's not the kind of offense we need to be running if we're going to win, especially if we're going to win – against really good teams like doggone 
Memphis who we're playing on Sunday, and Temple. And then we get into conference play. You can't do it. You can't do it. So Jaden Nunn has got to understand, pass the ball once in a while. And, and here's the other thing. He was so good, even last year, early in the season, he struggled as a point guard in some respects, but he was so good at working off the ball. Well, if you want to be able to do that again, you got to get the ball to somebody else so that you can do that work off the ball. You know, run off those screens. You know, make those little cuts that he that he was so good at early in the season, making those little cuts to the basket that he can make. And you've got to get somebody else the ball to do that. Uh, Jeffrey Ackerman, it, it certainly, I will say this, last year, not having Ace, especially because, I'll be honest, like everybody else, maybe not, not like everybody else, I, I didn't think we were seeing Ace until the new year. I didn't realize he was going to come back that early. Yes, it was true. We were a better team because of not having Ace early in the season. This time it's different because, again, this was not expected. Uh, like last year, it was expected. You knew he wasn't playing. You thought it wasn't going to be until dead gum January. It ended up being December. So that's one thing. Oh, by the way, poor old Davidson. Little tails, little A-10 brethren. They're getting absolutely worked at Charleston. Ouch. But that's different. This time, you know, this was unexpected. I had no idea that he'd hurt his wrist and was going to miss, you know, was going to end up missing probably three or four games. So it could help us, Jeff, Jeffrey Ackerman. I, I, I'm not sure. You know what? Honestly, the Memphis game is going to be the acid test because that's going to be our first true road game of the year. Memphis is a team like us who's going to be kind of scratching and clawing around that bubble in the American Conference. That is a massive opportunity. If you can go there and win, there's every chance that that's going to be a quad one or quad two win. And really, if you want to make up for Arizona State, that's the way to do it. And yes, Gene Cox, Brandon John started to warm up. And for once, VCU actually said, okay, we are going to get you this basketball. You know, they got it. He makes it. He gets a big rebound. And they feed it to him on the block. And he works it, works it, works it. Gets down there. Makes It gets down there. Gets the foul. Goes the line. Hits them both. Yes. And see, that... That, that's the one thing I'll, I'll say is that I'm hoping that this game will show Mike Rhodes that, okay, I know you want the Army and you want a lot of people scoring and you want to move the ball around, and that's great. But also, let's run some plays when you get somebody that's the hot hand. And Brandon Johns was the hot hand, and they finally, you know, they, they got him the ball on the block, got him the ball in the right spot where he wanted to get it, and he went to work. Zeb Jackson was a hot hand, so they got the ball in his hands and got him those opportunities. Uh, Ryan Thompson, I don't think so because they were saying two weeks. Uh, when, when they were talking about Ace's injury last night with his uh, you know broken bone in his wrist, they were saying two weeks. So I am presuming that we're not going to see him until the Temple game, maybe. Uh, and, and yes, Doug, you're right. We can't have a go-to guy, but this is a case where if we can find a hot hand in a game, let's get it to him. Let's say, okay, I mean, whoever it is, whether it's Nunn, whether it's Johns, whether it's Watkins, Jackson, I don't care who it is. If you're right about a, 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 a go-to guy that's a go-to guy all the time, we don't have that. 
Ace is kind of maybe that guy, but I'll be honest, for me, Ace's best work is being the conductor of the orchestra first before being a scorer. We don't have events, Travion Graham or Melvin Johnson or Bone Tyler or somebody like that. But but my thing is find a if you find a hot hand in the game, feed it. Say, okay, this guy's warmed up. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Because that's what Pittsburgh did. When Cummings finally got going, he had all his points in about a four-minute stretch. The same with Henson. The same with Burton. They scored their points in bunches. And they got it to them. The problem for them was nobody else was doing any dadgum scoring in that second half for them. I mean, they have 43 points. And let me see here, that's 37 of them are those three guys. So nobody else was doing anything. So when VCU was able to able to face up on those guys and get and, and force that ball out of their hands or get them to miss, they were in good shape. Uh, yeah, he needs to go. To, that's true, Frank. He needs to go back to a starting five. He's got comfort in, but he's got to be. This is one of the things that kills me about Mike Rhodes because he talks about the army, he talks about the depth. He has got to be willing to change it when it's not working. That's the thing I don't like. And that was the thing that could have cost us this game. When they really had some bad stretches, to me, that's when you say, okay, let's get two, three, maybe even four new people in here and see if that freshens things up and see if that injects a little something in there. You can't do it all the time. I understand that. But you got to do it some of the time. I thought the spread – okay, Doug Hines said we didn't beat the spread again. Was it three? I thought it was three and a half. Was it four and a half? Because that's – man, that's classic Vegas if that's the case. Uh, yeah, And, John Green, I agree with you. I'd like to see Fat, Fats – especially when Nunn is struggling, I would definitely like to see Fats Phillips more, especially when Nunn was struggling. Well, then it's a push. If the spread was four, it's a push. It's a push from for, for the Rams in that case. Uh, but, yes, I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that, John, uh, John Green. If, if – if, if, especially with Ace out, if none or Jackson or both are struggling, then let Fats Billups get in there and let's see what he can do. Because, I mean, there was a couple – he had a couple of decent plays tonight and he only gets a couple minutes, but I, I do want to see more of him. And, again, this is going to be tough. This is, this is the real test of this coach because he's got a lot of players who are talented, who, who ought to get an opportunity, and he's got to figure out – how to use them all at certain times. And and they got to understand that, okay, this game wasn't the game for you. It might be the next one. That's the case with Josh Banks. You know, hardly played the first game of the season. He's now come here to New York against two power five teams and, and, and had two really good games and has said, okay, now we're saying, hey, he's got to play more. He deserves the 21 minutes he got tonight, and he deserves at least that and maybe more the next game. So it's got to be that too. Um, it's definitely got to be that as well. So like everybody else, I'm just relieved because this would it would have been an absolutely horrible loss. And, and they, they found a way to be they – they found a way to gut this out and win it. And they did it at the foul line. And so, you know, here's hoping at the very least – if uh, it'll let me come up here, because I know it's Memphis. I just want to make sure I get the time correct. Why is this thing not letting me look at that? Hold on a minute. Yeah, I know the, the page is not responding. Thanks. Because uh, I want to get the time on that. But 
you know, it, after after shooting so well and wasting a doggone great night at the foul line, which was just, oh, it still it still rankles me. We didn't win that game against Arizona State, and we're not playing in this championship game coming up. It was nice to see after a bad start, looking like they were going back to normal, then turn around. So yeah, 5 p.m. as Gene Cox said, ESPN Plus. Yeah, there's. Uh, I'm absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. It's perfect timing too, because I can at least watch the Washington game before that. So unless somehow I get called into work, we'll have the live. We'll have. A, we'll do it all again. We'll be. We'll. I'll be here live in the game thread here in the VCU Good and Bad and the Ugly and. If you're listening out in podcast land and you haven't joined the VCU Get the Good and the Bad and the Ugly, do so. Fun game threads. Uh, lots of lots of uh, it's a roller coaster for all of us at times, but fun game threads, incisive comments in them. Uh, we really enjoy enjoy it uh, doing it. Plus, you know, other features that that I and other folks do uh, to kind of keep you abreast of everything that affects VCU. So yes, going to be in the game thread. Going to have the live video plus a pod, you know, and record the podcast at the same time on Sunday uh, as we've done for the last two games. So that's what's going on there. So, yeah, it's Memphis, and then we get a couple of home games. Nice to have – it would be also nice after the Memphis game to have six days off. And they'll play again until the following Saturday. That'll be good. That'll be good because that will allow them to maybe mentally reset and, you know, cross our fingers and toes – like somebody else said in the game, in the uh, in the comments here, that maybe we get uh, maybe we get doggone ace back for Vanderbilt, which will be the thirtieth. So that is it. I want to thank everybody in the game thread because a lot of great comments in the game thread, and I always appreciate being able to watch the games with you live and get that. Um, thank you for all your comments in the in the post game video as well. Really appreciate that. Actually, let's do one quick check of our, our A-10 brethren here. I know I said Davidson just got worked. Uh, Richmond loses at home to Wichita State. St. Joe's crushes Albany. And Loyola Chicago and Tulsa on ESPNU has just started in that Myrtle Beach in- Invitational down there at Coastal Carolina. So let's go Ramblers on that as well. And thank you all for watching. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you on Sunday or Monday if you're listening in podcast later. Have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game. And thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.